won the gold glove last night. Also, and related, the sky is blue. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or football. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Steelers in the same place that you found this. The inevitable, or the grossly overdue, depending on your point of view, finally came to pass when Hayes was recognized for the first time as the Rawlings Gold Glove winner for the National League at third base. Hayes also has the opportunity, if you want to ramp this up even further, to be the Rawlings Platinum Glove winner for the year, and that would be the best defensive player, regardless of position, in his respective league. And if you look at Hayes' advanced metrics, actually, heck with that. If you just watch Hayes play baseball, you have to know that he'd be eligible for that. But he really is. Uh, there are several different reliable and reputable services that track defense in a way that's never been done before. It used to just be the managers getting together and say, hey, I really like that guy. And then the managers cast their vote and that's the end of it. Since then, to the credit of a lot of people, but particularly the researchers, it's become more of a scientific process and less of a name brand recognition thing. If you take the cumulative impact of Hayes' defensive runs saved, and when I say cumulative, I mean all of the various services, fielding, Bible, and so forth, and average them out, he's one of the very best players at any position. That's how, I was about to say good. No, that's how great he is. And with Nolan Arenado having fallen off after winning 10 of these in a row, 10 in a row, and having fallen off to the point where he wasn't even a finalist, one might think that Key would start beginning a run of his own. That still happens in gold glove selections. But can I be that guy that brings up something that really didn't have anything to do with this, but still feels like it did? Hayes had a really... Nice turnaround year at the plate. And I'm sorry, but there's a part of me that feels like a lot of this general reaction that came about last night from the local baseball community, you can see that most prominently on social media. It, it wouldn't have been there, I don't think, if he hadn't had this surge over the second half of the season. Because over the second half of the season... He was still Brooks Robinson, Mike Schmidt, and whatever out there defensively. But he also added the bat to it really for the first time since the 2020 pandemic year. One month of baseball that was just beyond belief. But it wasn't replicated until these last three months or so of 2023, when he looked like someone who could contribute to the offense on a consistent basis, maybe even with some pop. 
that that's so relevant to this franchise. And again, with all due recognition of the glove work, the beautiful thing about defense is that it doesn't go into a slump with very, very few exceptions, but certainly not for the great players. You're not going to see a great player commit two or three errors in a game and look like they've lost it. Okay. You'll see them get right back on the horse with the very next tough grounder that comes their way. But the offense is so much more difficult to project and to expect. Key signed an eight-year contract with this team. That was extraordinary at the time. And you know what? It's extraordinary still, even though Brian Reynolds lapped him. This is a player in whom the franchise made a literally unprecedented investment. And unlike other teams that can afford to make mistakes or just say, hey, listen, the guy's still playable, whatever, we can just put him on the bench. The Pirates couldn't do that. They couldn't do that. To their credit, they've recognized that throughout his hitting struggles. And even, for example, when Jared Triolo came up and was hitting, and remember, and you know who you are if you did this, everyone's like, oh, just leave Triolo there. Hey, Stinks, just put him on the bench or make him a, a spare part or try him out at shortstop or whatever else. Well, Hayes got his chance, obviously, was put right back into the lineup, obviously, and delivered just as obviously. Where did that come from? If you ask Hayes, certainly if you ask his family, what you'll hear back from them is that it came as a direct result of input from John Nunnally, the hitting coach in Altoona, who probably not coincidentally was fired after the season. The only guy out there who was fired because they don't like it whenever other people's coaches or other teams coaches or other anybody's takes credit away from their own coaches on their big league staff. But the results came, and ultimately and always, that's something that you tip the cap to the player for. Key's the one who worked through it. Key's the one that battled through the slumps. Key's the one that overcame maybe the saddest, most forlorn-looking player I saw in any clubhouse all summer long when we were out in Seattle after he had that, and you'll remember this one, that giant offer that day where he struck out four times, left a hundred guys on base, and he just kept playing and just kept getting better while never allowing the hitting to go out into the field with him. Congratulations to Brian Hayes, the first ever third baseman in Pittsburgh franchise history to be honored with the gold glove when we come back j1q this portion of daily shot of pirates is brought to you by our friends at north shore tavern that's directly across federal street from pnc park it's home of steak on a stone an eating experience underscoring the word experience the steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800 degree stone and you do the rest it's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. 
Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Patrick, who says, DK, in addition to being a journalist, you're a business owner. Bob Nutting is a business owner. As a role play, can you assume the role of Nutting and from a business owner's perspective, offer a reasonable explanation as to why you would choose to invest less into your product when you have evidence that investing more will result in a greater profit margin. For anybody who doesn't know exactly what Patrick's referring to, I've reported on multiple occasions beginning a couple of years ago, but I'll repeat it occasionally, whether it's in writing or here on this show, that Nutting's three most profitable seasons as owner were 2013 through 2015, when he also had his three highest payrolls. Now, how do I know this? Well, let's just say that I know it, okay? And the reason that I know it is because it's a point in Nutting's favor to illustrate that this idea that he just doesn't want to spend or he's not prioritizing winning or whatever doesn't apply because he himself would recognize that, yeah, man, that's when I made my most money, whenever we spent the most. And, of course, we had the best results. Now, anybody who's listening to this who is a business owner, whether it's small or large, as I am, you mentioned, would be able to give you the instant answer, and I'm sure a lot of them already did, even as I've been blathering since your question, which is that not all business owners are prone to risk. Not all business owners are eager to grow or expand a business, even if it means potential profit, if it means that there's risk. Now, think about this. 2013 to 15 happened. All three years, the Pirates made the playoffs, didn't stick around very long, especially in the final two, but they made the playoffs. They had their best regular seasons since PNC Park opened. They had their best attendances since PNC Park opened. They had a lot of pretty good revenue situations, all of them the best since PNC Park opened. To this date, by the way, in every case, to this date. But what if they didn't? Like, think about it this way. Let's say the 2012 season happens and there's some promise and the Pirates go out and they make a bunch of moves and whatever and they add to the 2013 team, but they were the wrong moves. It's not like... Neil Huntington and company were immune to making wrong moves, as we'd see over their full dozen-year tenure. Let's say that instead of picking up uh, A.J. Burnett and Russell Martin and Jason Grilly and Michael McHenry and then going out and getting Justin Morneau and Aramis Ramirez and Joaquim Soria and, and other guys who were older and cost a little bit, but they were worthwhile additions Let's say that instead of doing that, 
They just got a bunch of bad players. Even if they were expensive or names or whatever, but they'd have gotten a bunch of players who came here and didn't contribute and the team didn't make the playoffs. That's a real risk. And in that event, you don't have a playoff team. You don't have a blackout. You don't have all the season tickets that got sold for the following year or the year after that. And then you've just bombed. Financially, you've bombed in every way. Chiefly, in his eyes, I'm sure, financially. So it's a risk. I happen to be with you. But the problem is, is you're making it sound like if you put the money in, you get it back. And that's not always the case. I Believe me, I, I'm not coming within a solar system of defending him here. Okay? But Steve Cohen just put in a gazillion dollars into the Mets and came away with absolutely nothing. And I guarantee you, even in New York, he's going to have a much tougher time selling tickets for the 2024 season than he would have had otherwise. All while he continues to pay these players guaranteed rates over the next, what, five, seven, ten years? All those contracts? There's a big, big, big risk in this. The fact that the Pirates invested once and got some decent payback for it doesn't mean that it would happen again. And to answer your question, I can promise you that's what's going through his mind more than anything else. It's the fear that it wouldn't work. And it's the prioritization above all else that you can't lose money. Oh my God, you can't lose money. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Going to do another one of these tomorrow. 